0: Welcome to Fresh Cut Grass, Light conversation with turf grass professionals from across the turf industry with your hosts,
1: Jeff Fowler and Tanner Delval.
0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Fresh Cut Grass. Jeff Fowler with you and my co-host Tanner Del Val. Tanner, welcome this morning. How
1: are you doing, Jeff?
0: Good. Good. It's um good to be back with you. Um our listeners don't know, but we took a little bit of a break while we went on vacations and um we we did our homework before we before we left, but we're back now. It's kind of kind of good to be back
1: into a little bit of a routine. Absolutely. I uh I was out at, looking at some grass yesterday, and I actually saw a bunch of uh, different beetle beetle activity, green yeah. june beetles, Japanese beetles, northern mash chafers, um, and I've heard from around the state that folks are seeing a lot, so hopefully everybody got their grub preventers down by now, so we don't have to be dealing with issues in uh, in the fall. Yeah, Tanner, you know, I had one yesterday, um, a, a, a
0: text message with a picture, and they said, Oh, this lawn died. Um, What happened to it, Jeff? And, and I got to looking at it. And I I think it was remnant damage from the red thread that we've talked about here um, on this show for a while. Um, And and they said, Oh, it died. It started to show this about a month ago and um, like just about the time that red thread blew apart. And um, I think that's what the damage was from. So if we didn't get those things taken care of, we're going to start seeing this damage now. Um, as we go through this hot, dry summer um,
1: summer season, yeah, turf's basically in limp mode now. Uh, we're going to be dealing with that until probably the end of August. So, yep, hopefully, yep. turf is as, as strong as it's going to be going going in here, and people aren't you know stressing the turf out too much from from here out. Yeah, this is this
0: is definitely that time of the year. Hey, speaking of hot and dry, man, have we got a good one today? Um, our guest is none other than Chris. Butter Ball Tanner, you probably didn't even know that he had a middle name and it was Butter, did you? I did. Li- most of our listeners don't even know him as Chris Ball, they know him as Butter. Um, but um, we're gonna go with Chris. Chris, welcome to the
2: show today. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, you so you're catching me in a uh, in a tropical storm. Uh, we got tropical storm Elsa that's skirting its way up the coast. I'm in eastern North Carolina. We've been having uh, about ninety mid mid nineties the so last week, full about 80% humidity. So when you walk outside, you better have a have a dry shirt in your hand because by the time you get to your car, you're gonna need to change your shirt. So well, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure, so, you're, you're all anchored ahead, down,
1: right? I was gonna say you're all anchored down, you're not gonna blow away on us here, right? No,
2: we're not gonna blow away. No, <laughs> we're good. I got I got plenty of beer in the fridge and a generator if the fr- if the fridge goes out. So there
1: you go. So, so why
0: in the world would we invite Chris Ball to come to on our show? And, and it's interesting because Chris and I have, um, we have a lot of similarities, but um, the biggest one that we have that our listeners may or may not be aware of is Chris is heading up the volunteers for the 2021 Little League Softball World Series that's being held in Greenville. Greenville, North Carolina, for the very first time, and and it's Chris's hometown, um, so he's putting together the crew down there. Um, so Chris and I have that in common. He does Greenville. I've got the Williamsport crew, um, and and it's coming up quick, isn't it, Chris? You're, you're it's it like it's like in your back door.
2: It really is. Uh, so we've got uh, we've got a lot of a lot of work yet to do. Uh, but our, our sites are set on August 8th. Uh, I think we got players showing up August 8th uh, along with ESPN. So we've got to be ready to go. We've got to have logos painted. We've got to have everything edged, everything cleaned up by August 8th. And then we start, uh, start play on the 10th. We're from the 10th to the 18th. And, uh, I, you know, Jeff, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a second and just thank you for what you've done in all your years at Williamsport. And I don't know how the hell I got talked into doing this <laughs> because it is, it is just, you know, and, and honestly, you're on a little bit grander stage there because you've got more facilities and, and, you know, a, a bigger fan base that comes in. Um, but it, it, it's one hell of an undertaking. And um, the, the ballpark here in Greenville Elm street park holds a special place in my heart. Um, that's why I couldn't say no. I just couldn't say no. I, I grew up around that place. My love for baseball started at that place. I had, two, I had two brothers that played there. Our family was involved in almost four decades of, of Greenville Little League. Uh, so when they, when they approached me to, to help, I, it was a no-brainer. And, and I've also got a story about Sarah Thompson, Jeff. I don't know if you know this, but Sarah Thompson, who's the, direct, the tournament director for softball, was one of my interns in Myrtle Beach. Is that right? I did not know that. Yep. She sure was. She was a great. That's why
0: she's so comfortable calling you butter when
2: we're on the phone. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely. Yep. She, she probably doesn't even know your real name's Chris then. She, she, she
2: probably (laughs) forgotten. Yep. Yep. So, so, and, and I had, when when I I walked into the press conference a couple of February's ago when we announced it and um, I saw Sarah and I'm like, what are you doing here? She's like, what are you doing here? I (laughs) I said, I've been recruited by, you know, by little league. Uh, by Greenville Little League to to come help with this thing, she said. Well, guess who's your tournament director? <laughs> that's <laughs> so, great. That's so great. That, that, that's it, it's just funny how in in the, in the sports field management and sports turf, how much our lives are connected.
1: Yeah, it
0: just,
2: really it, is incredible. It it really speaking
1: is. speaking of that uh you know while you guys sit here and reminisce about old times i'm still trying to figure out you know where you came from chris you know what your ba- or shall i say butter where you came from and what how you got to be here so can you give us a little rundown of your background of you know sports turf and you know um you know your journey to to, to, to being where you're at now
2: so my you know mine, mine's kind of atypical i got into it by mistake honestly um you know, like like we were kind of talking about uh, offline a little while. Um, I'm from Greenville, North Carolina. Grew up here. Um, went to Rose High School. Uh, played played in Greenville Little League system. Went to Rose High School. Um, went to UNC Greensboro to actually play baseball. And after about six weeks, decided that that it was you know I, I didn't I didn't want to baseball anymore. I just I wanted I wanted to have a little bit more of the college experience. Um, you know, I just just decided that I, I, I wanted something different. Well, I had a little scholarship and to um, to keep my scholarship money, they offered me a position uh, with the baseball program as a student assistant. Um, we, did, uh, we did not have an on-campus facility at that time. We didn't have a stadium, didn't have a place to practice, didn't have a place to play. Um, we're a very young program. And we practiced at a local high school at Grimsley High School in Greensboro. Um, which really at that point in time, I think Grimsley was the biggest high school in the state of North Carolina. Uh, so they had really nice facilities. And then with UNC Greensboro putting money into the baseball facility, we had a really nice practice facility. We also played at War Memorial Stadium, which at that point in time, you look in mid, early, mid, uh, mid-90s, was the oldest minor league ballpark still in use for play uh, that, that, that held a team in the country. So we played there. Uh, I just, I really fell in part of, part of my responsibility was to set the field up for practice and mow. You know, we had a I uh, I think we had a 42 inch John Deere, uh, rotary mower. Um, we had a little McLean walk behind mower for the infield. Um, we had, uh, something that you could hook up to the, to the hydraulics on the, on the, the, the lawn tractor, an air fire that was probably about 18 inches wide, 20, 24 inches wide, just a, a drum style. know, and we would kind of go through the, go through the routine of doing that. We, um, we had somebody that came out and sprayed weeds for us. Uh, we did fertilizer applications, uh, at the high school. So I kind of got into doing a little of that. And then at the Miley part, Mel Lanford, who, um, you know, it was a mentor to many and a friend to all. Um, Mel was the head, the head groundskeeper at Will Memorial stadium. And, um, I, I just, Mel and I hit it off, uh, we would, we would go out there and edge and, um, you know, we'd help him mow and we'd help lay lines and we'd help him water and drag the track and do whatever. And by the time I got to my junior year, he'd throw me the keys and say, "On you know, if we had a Friday through Sunday series, he'd throw me the keys and said, I'll see you on Sunday. Um, so I, I really fell in, in love with, you know, with maintaining the fields, the field out there. And I, you know, we I think we got approval by the, the state or the university to build a stadium uh my senior year. So we're looking a whole another calendar year uh to open in ninety in February of ninety-nine. And uh I was going to grad school at that point in time. So we um um we had a need for a facility manager for all of the athletic facilities and uh i i just i said look i'm not your guy i can't i can't do them all because i'm i just i don't know what i'm doing here i'm also in school in grad school you know taking six hours a semester trying to get a trying to get a graduate degree here and um so well would you do baseball and softball i said yeah i'll do baseball and softball so i got hired so i was an employee by the i was employed by the state i was getting six hours of grad school paid for by the state as an employee which was great and uh, um Carolina Green Construction built the stadium. So Chad, Chad Price and his group built the stadium and kind of got to see how that entire process worked from you know, land, you know, clearing the clearing the existing houses off the pieces of land, grading the land, then watching the watching the field, the field building process from the ground up, the gravel layer, the irrigation layer, the sand layer, the sod, you know, how the infield mix was put in, how the warning track was put in you know, all the encompassing stuff about that. So um, I got my degree, then started as a facility manager there. Um, I lasted about a year and a half and uh, came up to Harrisburg uh, on City Island for for a couple of years with Tim Foreman and that that group of guys over there and kind of really learned kind of the ins and outs of, of minor league baseball. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And I was a fish out of water in Pennsylvania. I mean, just an absolute fish out of water. I'm an Eastern North Carolina boy whose toes are in the sand, you know, and um, moved back, to, moved actually back to Greensboro, uh, worked for a worked for a company, um, a, a turf and ornamental sales company as their sports field guy. Again, didn't know what I was doing, but got hooked up with one of the, with, with the other, with a golf course rep at the company who really gave me a background, in, uh, you know, an, an education, if you will. I, and I, I call this my turf, my turf degree. Learning about what fertilizers are, how they work, the different types, you know, the different sort, the different end sources, the different K sources, whatever else, um, fungicides, herbicides, all the all the other control products, why you use them, when you use them, how you use them. Um, and, and spent, you know, spent a year and a half really learning that, learning that trade and le- learning the, learning those, those methods and, and why you use what you use when you use them um, then Nolan Thomas, uh, who I, I did some business with, um, who's another another construction contractor, called and said, "Hey, you know, Butter, you you get around the state pretty well. You get around South Carolina pretty well. Myrtle Beach is looking for a a new head groundskeeper for the for the minor league Club there." And he said, "You know, give it a week. Give me give me a list of names. I'll I'll talk to you. You know, I'll talk to you next week." I called Nolan back about forty five minutes later. I said, "Nolan, I said, I'd be really interested in that job." So uh, in in 2002, I moved to Myrtle Beach. I spent 12 great years there uh, working with the Braves and then one year with the Rangers. Um, we went through an ownership change. I started as a head groundskeeper and left as a senior director of ballpark operations and sports turf management. So I was the stadium operations director and the head groundskeeper uh, when I left Myrtle Beach. From Myrtle Beach, I went to Gwinnett, uh, Gwinnett, Gwinnett Braves, which is a suburb of in Northeast Atlanta, uh, the triple a franchise had just moved from Richmond to Gwinnett at a brand new stadium. Um, m- one of my former GMs was the GM there. He hired me to come on board there. Um, so in 2017, uh, through 2017, I was in Gwinnett, had a really good run there. And, um, I started with Southern athletic fields in 2017. A year later, we were purchased by Turfus, uh, by, by Profile Products, which is, uh, the, the parent company, to Turfus, uh, covering, started out covering North Carolina and South Carolina that merged into covering everything from Louisiana to the coast, uh, South to Florida, North to, um, North to Southern Virginia, and then over to Tennessee and Kentucky. So that whole entire pocket of the Southeast, I was basically covering the AC have three quarters of the ACC and, and about, three quarters of the sec territory. If, if that, if that kind of gives you the, gives you the, the Atlas. Um, So that's what I'm doing. And then I got roped into doing this little league softball world series deal here in Greenville.
0: Yeah. So um, that's quite the road you've been on. Um, We could talk all day long about connections Along your path, right, kind of like Sarah is um, being an intern. Um, But one of the things that my dad actually worked for um, a guy um, um, that that everybody knew and everybody knows um, on a redo in Myrtle Beach. My dad was on the crew that did a complete renovation um, when when they came down from from Southern Maryland to do that renovation, but. Um, we could, we could talk those deaf or those all the time. Um, but anyway, um, so we're, let's talk softball for a little bit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so this is an easy task, right? Um, so, so right now, um, the field's all ready. Um, it's TV ready. Um, you've got it all graded, ready to roll. Um, when I come down there the first week in August, um, everything's going to be set. You've got nothing left to do, right? That's yeah. where we are in this process.
2: Yeah. We're turnkey right now. Let me tell you, <laughs> we are. Uh, so our little league program, the Greenville little league, it's a boys program. Uh, they have 14 games left, uh, as a baseball field. So they, this, when they finish on Monday, they will have played 185 games on that one facility. Uh, so, with that being said, on Wednesday we are going to aerify it. And again, we've got we've got a hodgepodge of Bermuda grass. So, we're going to aerify it. We're going to top dress it. We're going to fertilize it. The following week, we've got a company coming in to coro out the, the grass infield take out four inches of root zone material, make it an all dirt softball diamond. And we've got about, I don't know, we've probably got three or 4,000 square feet of sod that we need installed as well. The walk-up areas around the dish, um, a couple the, the, the center field spot where this, the, the, you know, the, the, the nine through 12 year olds run out there and they go, they go find that one piece of clover that they've got to stand on. And they stand on it. Well, now it's, you know, now it's 20 by 20 by 30. So uh, a couple, couple of things like that, that we've got to do. Uh, we've got to, we've got to get that infield mix combined. So everything's going to get rototilled and graded. Uh, we've got a, a roller that's going to be on site for about for that, for, for an entire month through the, through the tournament. So that'll be a, 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 a piece that's used on a daily basis. We've got a plate tamp that we, we we've just secured for the entire tournament. Meanwhile, we do not have a tarp. We do not have uh, the, the little league facility now has a very minimalistic maintenance program. So we have created a little agronomic program from for the last three months to try to really, you know, really, really drive the existing Bermuda and then, Grow the sod in. We've got a couple of liquids we're playing with that were donated. Um, we've got all the tools and accessories, uh, from a double first base to new pitching rubbers to, um, where we're actually going to put a, um, uh, synthetic bullpen in, in one of the bullpens, uh, this, we're going to do one this year and one next year. Um, we've got to get drags and hoses and rakes and brooms and, you know, all the, all the other tools in, and I've got a, a, I think a 12 by 10 barn. Uh, We've got a truckload. we got a truckload of, uh, of calcine clay and mound clay coming in. So we got to figure out where we're going to store 22 pallets of material Um, logos, TV stands. We've got new padding to put up all that stuff. All while working a full-time job with a six month old at home. So uh, yeah. So, we're getting close, Jeff. We're getting close. It it, it gets easier. Uh, second year is always easier than the first. Yeah, that's what they tell me. And then, you know, the other challenge, the other big challenge is what we're still dealing with, uh, with with the, the ramifications of the pandemic. So, um, and and then you know, along with coordinating all the volunteers to come. How and, many? And how and many
1: volunteers you, do you think you're going to get, or trying to get? <laughs>
2: I've got right now, if the schedule holds through the, through the 10 days, I've got like 23 or 24, but I've got a couple guys that are here for one day, a couple guys that are here for two, you know, some that are in for four and five. So it's kind of piecemeal together and I'm still waiting on a handful of others to come.
0: That's just the grounds crew. I want, you know, I want to make that. um, So there still are ushers and concession stand workers and, um, team hosts and hotel supervision for the girls, and all kinds of volunteers that it takes to to make this event happen. It doesn't just drop out of the sky, um, and it doesn't just happen when ESPN flips on the camera um, and everything's beautiful. It it didn't happen overnight, right it, it it takes It takes an entire year to really to to get ready. It, I always tell people in Williamsport and we're a little different because we don't get used for anything else, but we start planning for Williamsport during the finals of 2021. We're planning for the, the series of 2022.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I'll say this, the city, our city, we, we are without a doubt a baseball town. I mean, we are a baseball with our, my high school just won. We had the, the, the um, Ronald Vincent is the, winningest baseball coach in North Carolina high school history, just won his seventh state championship. He's 74 years old, 75 years old. So two weeks ago, he just won there. Uh, so he won the seventh state championship. And he won on a Saturday. And on Monday, he was out doing a kid's camp at, at, at Elm Street Park or hosting the, uh, the, the softball. But our city has really, really gotten behind this. Um, we've got everywhere you turn, there's something about it whether it's on a sign on one of the businesses, whether it's an article in the paper today, an article in the paper July 4th about it. Um, you know, so this is, it's really, really going to be a unique deal for us, especially going into softball. Again, baseball has been king here for years and years and years. And, you know, and coupled too by the success that East Carolina has had, East Carolina University's had, um, with their program being on the national stage, it's just helped. Green will become such a big, big baseball community, and the softball and the softball folks, it's just going to fit right in. Yeah. Just, it just fit right in. So yep. just it just those two
0: things just kind of roll together, don't they? Yep. Um, so, so um, your tournament this year, um, when 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 the when when the, when the the TV cameras come on, your tournament looks a little different this year than it would have um, without the, the COVID pandemic. So um, yeah. what, what are we looking like for a tournament?
2: So I want to say we've got 10 teams and they're all United States based um, because of the, because of the pandemic. Uh, we're not having any international competition this year. Um, we, we hope to, and Lord willing, we will next year and we'll also expand from that number to I want to say it's either 12 or 16 you have to forgive me I just can't remember off the top of my head but so you're looking year one x number and then you're already looking year two growth so it's going to be more games on one field in the same you know basically in the same in the same timeline in that same 10-day window Uh, again after our program hosts their 140 games and then we do all-stars and then we act they played a a nine and ten year old all-star tournament here that finished last week uh and then we've got this week we've got the seven and eights that are playing out there six i think 16 games so it reminds me of my time in myrtle beach you know we used to crank out 200 230 events a year in myrtle beach um so this is it's very similar. Here's the catch, though. In Myrtle Beach, I was I was full time on that one field. I'm a volunteer part time at this field. So, yeah, yep. Uh, but it's good, you know, really and truly, I've been I've been out of the day to day maintenance since 2017. So it's it's given me a little bit of chance to get my get my hands dirty again, which is a lot of fun.
1: Would you say it's easier? Are you more I maybe are you glad to have Bermuda grass instead of a cool season grass like Jeff has to deal with in summer?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, my my time, and I'll tell you, my time in Harrisburg, I want to say our ratio was about 60 40, 60% POA and 40% bluegrass. <laughs> so, you know, we 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 effectively managed POA along with, with blue. But yeah, to have you know, to have Bermuda grass here, um, you know the field was overseeded with rye in, um, in October and late October last year. And we've had up until about three weeks ago, we've had such a cool summer that ryegrass has just hung on and on and on and on and on. And obviously with the amount of play that he's got and the budget restrictions and whatever else, you can't spray it out. You can't, you know, mechanically take it out. Um, it's just about gone. It really is just about gone. So we're going to, Again, we're going to go through the process early next week of, of pulling a core and top dressing it to try to really help get rid of that last bit and really encourage that, that Bermuda growth.
1: When you're and, top dressing, you're top dressing with sand, I assume? Sand,
2: yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And to find really good quality, clean, almost USGA spec sand here in eastern North Carolina is a chore. But we, have, we, have, we found a very, very good alternate uh, that's going to work well and it's clean. And right now with freight and trucking, getting it here uh, has been a real, a bear, but we've got, we've got, we've got two loads coming in uh, on Monday. So. Chris that, um, you know, I want, I want to make sure that our,
0: our listeners are following along here um, with us today. We have Chris Ball. Um, he is a volunteer groundskeeper coordinating the the grounds crew for the softball world series being held in greenville north carolina um and and many many of our listeners may know chris as butter um but uh, chris really appreciate you coming on today one of the things i want to make sure that everybody knows though is, you know the one thing that um i have the 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 fortune of having Tanner just said, you know, Jeff's got bluegrass. The other thing I've got is I've got Rob Guthrie. He's been on this show. He's a full-time groundskeeper in Williamsport um, who takes care of that complex all year long, 365 days a year um, for 34 games at the end of the year, right? Um, So we're in a little bit different scenario. And Chris, you know, you've had, you say, 140-plus games on this field, um, I don't. Do you, is it? Does the facility have a full-time groundskeeper, or is he a volunteer as well?
2: So our commissioner Brian Weingartz is um, is basically the is basically the field manager. Uh, you know, along with the guy that orders the uniforms and washes the shirts, and you know, cooks hot dogs when the concessions kids don't show up, or and you know, what and make sure that it's that that every game is streamed on Facebook Live and runs the video board and coordinates the. The other two facilities that they have, they play games at. So a little bit of backstory on the facility. Elm Street Park was built in 1951. So she's an old girl. She's a real old girl. Um, 1999, Hurricane Floyd came and dumped rain in the eastern part of North Carolina in biblical proportions. I mean, we had Hurricane Dennis that came in came in left us with about 10 inches of rain got out ten days later Floyd came in went out to sea came back in and there were areas that received 20 30 inches of rain in that span of time probably more than that so Elm Street was was under about eight feet of water at that point in time in October of 99 I put we put together a group of guys to come in and help them basically a you know I knew how much of a focal point the ballpark was for the city and what it did for me and my family. Um, so Mel Lanford, Jake Holloway, Joey Simmons from Charlotte, a handful of other guys that, that I regret that I can't name now came in and we basically rebuilt the field. We built new bullpens. We built, we built a new mound, We graded the infield. We, we laid new sod on the infield. We took fire hoses and washed all the silt out of the, out of the outfield. We aerified it. We top dressed it. Uh, We left them, we left them with material to maintain, uh, maintain the playing surface. Uh, We put, we put new coaches boxes in. We, we, we helped them put warning track material from dugout to dugout, things like that. And basically when we finished two days later, we gave Brian, who was a brand new commissioner at that point in time. um, And, and his, my connection to him is he was actually an umpire when I was a kid growing up playing ball. So, uh, anyway so we basically gave brian a set of instructions and said here you go don't let it die and he's taken it upon himself and i'll give him a lot of credit he's taken he's, he's, he's taking it upon himself to really make it a showpiece for the city for the state and obviously now we did something to catch the eye of of little league international that we're hosting the softball world series yep that's that's a great story i love
0: i
1: love i love to hear those kinds of things about communities. Um. It sounds yeah. like, uh, you know, you talked about the differences or similarities that you deal with between Williamsport and, and Greenville, but Jeff also has what you guys have. Well, we'll say Rob has, but Jeff helps out with what, four or five fields. You know, you got multiple fields where you're dealing with one field for everything.
2: One and I don't for- think,
1: and I don't know. Maybe we could have this to, a debate about it, but I don't know in August that you could get away with this without Bermuda grass.
2: I don't think you could. I really don't think you could up there. Uh, I, I don't think you could because you know we're we're get, we're going to have thunderstorms. We're going to have the intense heat. We're going to have to use the tarp. You know, you you your 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 cool season is more susceptible to all the bad stuff. Um, Bermuda grass is not. Um, the stress that Bermuda can endure over that period of time with those elements, I think far outweighs what your cool season grass will do. Um, You know, plus what we, we really want to try to do, you know, you guys are in that period of time where you're under stress already, just from, just from the time of year, we're banging right now. We're, we're growing at full tilt. We got good color. We've got good vigor. We've got, we've got Bermuda starting to run and fill up divots. You've got spring dead spot areas that are, that are starting to fill in. Um, so I, I would agree. I'd wholeheartedly agree with you, but.
0: Tanner, Tanner, you made a great one before the, before the show. How did you put it? Um, Chris's grass is, is, is growing like wildfire and our grass up here is going, no, no, I don't want to die today. I don't yeah. want to die today. I'm going to stay alive.
1: Yeah, as a turf manager, yeah. I mean, up here, most folks are just like fingers crossed, you know, try to get water if and when you can, um, you know, and we're Bermuda grass. It's just kind of, I wouldn't say the opposite. I mean, but you're definitely not having to sit on pins and needles, you know, right now. I mean, it's, I mean, I looked out back yesterday. I mean, I have to water my grass right now just to kind of keep it in limp mode. I mean, once it gets away from you, it's hard to bring it back. So you're kind of just playing, you know, predictor to try to stay ahead of everything up here. Where uh, it seems like Bermuda grass, and I've done a little bit of work with Bermuda grass from a research standpoint, but it's a lot more forgiving.
2: Yeah, it is, and and it and it also tends to bounce back a lot quicker. Yeah, it really does. Um, again, the 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 stress that it can endure. And look, and we're not talking about 280-pound offensive linemen either. You know, we're talking about 100, 110-pound kids. They still beat it up really bad. You know, they're, they're, they're like cattle. You know, they go to the same spot, the same pattern, every single time they're on the field, no matter if they're here, if they're in North Dakota, if they're in Pennsylvania. Um, but to have that type of turf that that is that is very stress-tolerant, is going to do wonders for us here. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it.
0: Um, so, Tanner, do you have anything, Lenny, last last minute or last like leaving, departing questions for Chris about the softball World Series that he's getting ready to host? I don't think so. No. Yeah, I think it's what a, what a great show. I think I think our listeners are going to love love hearing this. But Chris, do you have anything that you want to leave us with about softball um, and or or yeah.
2: Bermuda or whatever. Well, so in my 23 years in minor league baseball, I've only played like four softball games. <laughs> and that was like guns and hoses. Like in Myrtle beach, we used to do the fire, you know, the firemen would play the cops every year. We would never take a mound out, you know, we'd always, and then we'd always bring bases in. So I've never drawn a circle around a, uh, the, 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 the pitching area. It's called a pitching area, I believe. It's not called a mound. It's called a pitching area. Batter's boxes are seven by three instead of the other. Uh, so I've never really drawn softball batter's boxes. This is a learning experience for me too. I don't know the wear patterns that they're going to have on the clay uh, around the rubber, uh, the, the, the pit or around the pitching rubber, which is going to be different. Um, flat ground versus an elevated surface is going to be different. Um I have watched enough of it on TV and I am sure that by the end of the event, my ears are going to be ringing and I'm going to be, I'm going to be singing every chant, you know, that they, that they, that they do. Um, But I am really looking forward to the experience. I'm really looking forward to showing off our city and our, and our venue. Um, It every game is going to be on the ESPN family and network. So tune in and, and take a look at the park and, Either let us let us know how good we're doing or, or how bad we're doing. So um, I'm going one step further, Butter. I'm coming down. I know you are, and I and I, I want to see this thing. in person. I'm going to put all 300 pounds of my body on you, buddy. I'm <laughs> lean on you as hard as I can. Lean on you.
0: <laughs> hey, so you know, here our our listeners are used to us wrapping up shows. We do it every week, um, but the other thing that they're used to. Is us striking out our, our our special guests. So I have three pitches for you. We call it three strikes, and you're out. All right? Um, it's three random questions that we ask you. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a a, a, a a an old man softball pitch first. I'm gonna throw you an ephesus before we before we get down and dirty. All right. What is your favorite non-turf pastime?
2: Well. <sighs> I am a, I'm a massive lover of the outdoors. I love to fish and I love to hunt. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to do that with my dad and my brothers um, ever since I could stand up. So I would say that that, those two activities are just, I live for them. I really do. If you could see my office, the lighting was better on this zoom. You can see my office. It's, it's ducks, it's fish and it's, it's old golfers, but. That's another story. It's the the ducks and the quail and the pheasants and the fish. That's that's my that's my jam. So
1: do you get into deer at all or no? No,
2: nope, I don't. I don't. I can't. I, I don't. Know, I like to be doing things. I can't just sit there. <laughs> <laughs> but you fish. <laughs> but I do fish. But here's the thing about fishing. I can go somewhere else in a hurry.
0: <laughs> I had a I had a good friend that I coached. Um, little league with that his boys love to fish. They'd love to fish and um, God rest his soul. Mr. Zockerel has passed, but, but um, Paul would always say, I'm not old enough to fish yet. I'll take the boys, but I'm not old enough. I'll leave that with you two fishermen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. T- Tanner, what's the second strike? What do you have for him today?
1: Oh, I mean, we could talk for hours about fishing. I'm sure. Um, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Um, how about, do you like well i'll start it off with a first question are you a food person
2: if you've seen me you 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 know that answer but absolutely
1: all right so um if if money wasn't an object then you could have you know something anything you wanted to eat for dinner what would you have on a regular basis on a regular basis yeah or you know anything maybe what Maybe your favorite food or maybe it's something Uh, you like to cook. I mean, there's a lot of different avenues. Do you you like to cook? Do you like to smoke food, barbecue, or is there something that you just love to order?
2: I'll I'll give you two things. If somebody's cooking for me and money's not an option, I'm going to Lucca, Tuscany, Italy. And there's a chef there that I actually spent 10 days in Lucca. There's a chef there that came into our house that we were staying in that cooked lunch and dinner for us. He brought his own family's red wine every night they bought they they, they they over there they go to the market every day and every meal was an event you started out with prosciutto wrapped cantaloupe and then you had then you had you know your your like hors d'oeuvres with nothing but fresh olives and different different other fruits and then you had a like a base you had either like chicken or veal um, like, you know, wrapped in spinach and, and just the freshest olive oil you can find. And then you had a pasta dish and then you had a sa- then you had your salad. Then you had dessert. So any meal that that guy cooked, I can't remember his name, but any meal that, that guy cooked, if I could go somewhere, if I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to have a, a, a tomahawk ribeye. I'm going to have a twice baked potato and I'm going to have pepper jack cream spinach.
1: Wow, very very specific. Now, when you say tomahawk ribeye, you making that on like a charcoal grill? I'm
2: cooking, I'm cooking that on a, on an egg, on a green egg, on
1: a green egg. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I am have to. Hey. I have to go
0: to the store tonight. Hey, so that so that Italy, we we're going to have to go to Italy together sometime, Chris, because that's that was my experience. I don't know how you got a guy to cook lunch and dinner, how you had time to fit lunch and dinner into a day. Because every meal is an event. It was I mean, unbelievable. I mean, you you didn't say, "Hey, I'm going to run through a quick fast food restaurant and and grab lunch." Man, it is an experience.
2: It is, and the wine, the wine, you can drink that stuff till the cows come home. Wake up the next morning, feel like a million bucks. Yep, doesn't hurt, yep. You. Doesn't no hurt you. No doubt. No doubt. Phenomenal.
0: Matter of fact, Chris, I was on a golf course over there that had their own olive trees. And part of the membership, um, of the golf course was that every year you got a portion of olive oil from the, from the olives on the, on the golf course. Wow. And that was, I I think that was like the biggest draw, I think of, of it, um, and I was with um, Tanner knows these guys, but I was with the Penn State crew, and they were taking bottles of or pictures of all the bottles of wine. They're like, "Oh, I'm going to buy this when I get home. I'm going to buy that when I get home." And we we went to one we went to one golf course, and it was like you said, grapes from that were growing on the golf course, yeah. and they brought it out in plain bottles, just like you and I would put out on the table from homemade wine. And I say, hey boys! Now what are you going to do? Where are you going to get this one at home? Because yeah. there, there, there's no such
2: thing. No so, such thing. It was, it was, it was just, it was, it was. That was an unbelievable experience. It really was.
0: Yeah, it I was, was there twelve days, and it was crazy, crazy. So um, that's strike two, strike three. If you could start a secret society of any kind,
2: <laughs> okay, what would it be? Oh, man. You're, you you blew me away on this one. Um, I don't know.
0: I, 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 I've had, we've had answers like. Um, okay, I'll tell you what. Scot- Scotch lovers. Um, we've had um, old time music or like 70s and 80s genre music. Um, all right, you got it. I gave you enough
2: time to think about it now. I would I would like to start a secret society of people that absolutely hate their their phones, their iPhones.
0: That would that would be a good one.
2: I just I get so tired of these things and when I decide to get away, I'm away. I am away. Um and I I think that I think the world would be a better place if everybody would do that once in a while. Just get away and that's that's why that's why I love the, that's why I love the woods and I love the water so much because it gets me away from the stuff
0: No yeah. cell service out
2: there is there nope not not much where I am. I can tell you that so put your put your shoulders down, breathe a little bit. I really think it'd be it, the world would be a better place if we could get away from the the lynchpin that, that that are these things
0: T- Tanner, you'd probably join that society wouldn't you
2: Oh absolutely. Absolutely. I like being outside and not having
1: to, I mean, I, I like spending time in a tree stand or on my boat. So yeah, I don't need a phone to do either of those. Yeah. yeah. So for our listeners, uh, I'm going to
0: thank Chris one more time. Chris ball um Turfist profile products um, based in Greenville, North Carolina um, um, regional specialist. He's getting ready to host the, the little league world series softball for, 12U softball down there to, to show off the facility. Chris, um, if I had a hat on, I'd take it off to you. And thank you very much for being with us today.
2: Hey, I I appreciate it guys. I really do. And thank, thank you guys for, for doing this. I think things like this, you know, we've got a couple here that in, in, in the Carolinas that, that a couple of podcasts in the Carolinas that, that do very well. And, bringing more information to everybody, no matter what it is. If you can get one thing out of the last half hour, 45 minutes, just by listening and and learning and, and, you know, staying, staying kind of in line with, with, with our, our piece of the industry, more power to you. And I really appreciate you guys doing this and thanks for having me on.
0: Yep. Um, Hey Tanner, we could use that for a commercial. Couldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, If we could just get him to say this last part, Um, If our listeners have questions or if our listeners have episodes that they want us to address, you can reach us at at our email address. That's freshcutgrass at psu.edu, freshcutgrass at psu.edu. Any episodes, any questions, feel free to throw them at us. And Tanner and I um, check that email address regularly and we'll be sure to get to them. Tanner, um, always a pleasure. I'll let you sign us off today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I'd, I'd really appreciate Chris for taking the time out. I think we might have to have him back as like a lessons learned after the first time that they're having this down there. I think that would be pretty interesting to uh, maybe bring him back in September or something and talk about it.
0: Yeah, well, he may still be asleep in September, but um,
1: <laughs> after after
0: the week of softball. So we'll, we'll, maybe we'll get him in October. You got to watch. <laughs> it's getting close to duck season at that time, right?
2: Yeah, Yeah, we 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 crank up in November, so I may wake up in November.
0: We can do a wrap up of baseball and softball at the same time. Lesson learned, right? right. All right, so great to have everybody. Um, We'll we'll talk to you again next week.